Hello, my name is Madison Powers, and welcome to Social Mentality, where we discuss mental health and tips to help you take care of yourself. I also have a new guest each week. Today, we will talk about the bipolar stigma in social media. Today, I have Dr. Joe Dennis, head of the Mass Communications Department here at Piedmont University with me. How are you today? Doing great, Madison. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So with bipolar and just misconceptions in general, which are also called stigmas, have you ever dealt with any personally? Well, in general, it was pretty interesting how people reacted when I first went public about my clinical depression. And I think I first went public about it back in 2015 when I was really struggling because I went to defend my dissertation, which is something you have to do to get a PhD. Mm -hmm. And I failed my defense. And that's something that's pretty unheard of. It usually doesn't happen where you fail your defense because usually you're prepped and they won't let you present if they know you're not ready. And when I failed uh, that defense, I had blogged about it on my on my personal blog site mm-hmm. and shared it on social media. And that, man, that post has over 10,000 views. So I know people you know, who have nothing to do with me or who don't know me have read it, and, and I hope they get some relief from it. But I, I talked about my depression in that post. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, the reaction, some people, like even people I go to church with that they had after finding that out. The one thing I'll never forget was my cousin, who is like a sister to me, and we're very tight. And she texted me, and she's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea you have depression you always seem so happy mm-hmm. and laid back. And that is that struck me because, yeah, but I'm trying to deal with this. It's under control. Rarely am I public about it at the time. And I think that is a big misconception people have, that the people around us that we see every day, whether it's school, whether it's work, whether it's family, just because they seem happy all the time or just because they seem like they're doing okay, a lot of times they're not, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And people deal with their depression in different ways. Um, I was very private about it. Mm-hmm. And publicly, up until that point, it never showed itself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about mental health in general is that, oh, you can tell. You know, it's like a broken leg. Yeah. If someone has a broken leg, you could definitely tell they have a broken leg. <laughs> they're in a cast, they're on crutches, mm-hmm. but it's not like that with mental illness. Uh, and so when I've, uh, I've kind of taken that lesson and just treat everyone with compassion. I mean, that's all you can do is treat people with compassion and, you know, do your best to try not to uh, make assumptions about others, which is always hard to do, but, mm-hmm. you know, just do your best. Yeah, well, I I mean, I have a story about, like, um, don't make assumptions and stuff like that. Like, when I was back in high school, I, uh, I, I dressed kind of tomboyish, like T-shirt, jeans, comfy kind of thing. I had pixie cut, stuff like that. And this was when I was still learning how to deal with my bipolar at this time, I was doing therapy and medications and everything like that, and I felt c- kind of comfortable with who I was and everything like that. I think it was my junior year, and there was a substitute uh, for my science class. And then she was passing out papers, and she referenced to, to me as a, a a boy, saying, here you go, sir, or something like that, which to me kind of threw me over because it's school. You're supposed to feel comfortable, everything like that. And I stayed quiet about it. My twin sister, she went, went to uh, stand up for me to the teacher because she just assumed that and you know with my depression and my bipolar that didn't 
help me at all. And so my, my sister, she went up to defend me about it. And the teacher told, literally told her, the substitute literally told her that I should wear more makeup. I should dress more girly. Oh, my God. If I am a girl. And I'm like, and that threw me over just completely. So we went, my sister and I, we went to the principals and we told told them what happened. And um, my teacher, she found out about it because I had emailed my other science teacher because I was doing biotech and um, human anatomy. But I had to email my biotech teacher, tell her I'm not going to be in class because I, I went home. That mm-hmm. was too much for me. And so she emailed my other teacher. She reached out to me. And so I didn't go to school for about two days after that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who are around me have never seen me go through that. I mean, I know like with gender stuff, that's a big thing now, but like for that moment in school, because you're supposed to feel comfortable with who you are. And I'll just say that she no longer substitutes in the Hall County uh, School District because of that. Well, I'm glad your sister spoke up for you and defended you. That probably made you feel good at least. Yeah. And I mean, it was just like, I mean, in a way, it's like a misconception, just assuming uh, certain things. And I mean, that, that threw me just way over because, I mean, I've never acted like a boy. I'm just, I'm a tomboy. Right. Always have been, always will be. And the thing about your story that maddens me was the teacher's reaction when she found out because that she made a mistake. Because everyone makes mistakes, mm-hmm. right? But instead of apologizing to you and mm-hmm. just saying, I'm really sorry, that was a, a, a mistake I made. I, I didn't mean to offend you. I'm, I'm t- really sorry about what I said, which is what I would do. Yeah. Um, but she defended herself and basically put the blame on you yeah. for her which, mistake. Which I dealt with that a lot, like working at Kroger, like with aprons. It's hard to tell, pixie cut, stuff like that. You only see them for a brief second. Didn't mm-hmm. bother me. I'm like, it's fine. You only see me for a brief second. But at school, it was a lot different. And yeah. then later that evening, I got a I actually got a a text from my um, my human anatomy teacher reaching out to me, checking on me, which made me feel very good because we've always been close with her. Mm-hmm. And she was like my school mom, so she felt awful that that happened. And um, same with my biotech teacher, which we didn't see eye to eye freshman year, but senior year, for some reason, I was one of her favorite students. Don't know what happened, but, you know, I'll take <laughs> it. But, I mean, it, it took me a while to get over that. I went through a lot. Like, should I wear more makeup? Should I not? But I think at this point, I'm like, I'm just going to just be myself. Mm-hmm. And it took me a bit to get my bipolar back under control just because that just it threw me for a loop. I've never had to deal with that or really heard anyone of having to deal with that. And so, but when it comes to bipolar, have you heard of any of the bipolar misconceptions? And if so, which ones have you heard about? Yes. And I'm actually guilty of having some misconceptions about it. Um, I didn't project my misconceptions onto anyone, but I have two fairly close family members who have bipolar. Uh, one of one of the family members I'm very close with. Um, another one of my the family members is is more like a Christmas, you know, holiday kind of closeness. Yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I've been dealing with my family member who's close with me very close with me, who has bipolar. I've been dealing with um, her bipolar for a long time Mm -hmm. and, you know, working with her and and just having that relationship, a close relationship with someone who's bipolar, I began to understand Mm -hmm. what bipolar is and, you know, how I can best help her and what I need to do in certain situations, depending on her reaction or how she's feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, my other family member, of course, I only saw, like I said, on holidays and whatnot, not too frequently, and very funny person. Again, one of those always happy people. 
Mm-hmm. And then one time, a couple years ago, I think it was Christmas, I just, I started, we were just talking and he told me he had bipolar and I was completely shocked by it. And again, it goes back to that first mm-hmm. point I mentioned because I'm like, no way. I mean, in my head, I'm thinking, no way. You're, you know, you're the life of the party. You're, I'm like, wow, that it just really shocked me. And I think that's one of the things that people have this misconception of bipolar that it's like, um, it's like, Oh, uh, there's a Batman villain, Two Face, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's like they uh, they wear a mask, right, to kind of protect themselves. Yeah, and mm-hmm. there's two sides of them, and yeah. then it's like the angel and the devil, right? There's mm-hmm. the evil side and there's a the good side, and that's not at all what bipolar is. Mm-mm. And I think that's a common misconception. Yeah, I know that the ones that I've heard of, and I haven't really dealt with them personally. I've just heard other people talk about them, which makes me go quiet. And just fight back tears. I know several times here in the Mac Lab, I've heard students describe the weather as bipolar or even other professors or students and me sitting there. Obviously, I'm like, I have to remind myself, they, they don't know you have it. They're just saying stuff that they don't know. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, but like, I've had to fight back tears and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, it's not how it is because they talk because they will talk about it. And it's not just here at the Mac Lab here, at, like in high school. Right. It's when I hear a lot about it because in high school, you tend to hear more about mental illnesses you just have to remind mind yourself if you're someone with it you hear someone else talking about it's like they don't know you have it they don't know exactly how it is how you deal with it because they talk about it so lightly they make jokes about it and it's like no that's that's not how it is because they also like well like obviously i mentioned describe the weather as bipolar because we're in georgia the weather is crazy a lot of the time it's yeah. not consistent but um and then they like to use the um misconception that bipolar is like a roller coaster effect you have your highs and lows, it's like changes from day to day, and that's not how it is. Right. I mean, sometimes it might seem like it, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, and those are the ones I mainly deal with. And then, like, like I did research for my research paper because I was talking about the positive effects for social media and bipolar. So I had, you know, to explain bipolar and some of the misconceptions that can be presented. And I know that I came across some I didn't really think about. That some people would assume that people bipolar are lazy they're unmotivated and stuff like that and it's just not the case it's just harder for us mm-hmm. i mean i know it's hard for a lot of people i'm not saying it's just us that's hard for right it just with this because bipolar is just a chemical imbalance in the brain it just makes it a lot harder to do everyday um everyday like chores or activities it's it's a hidden disability basically mm-hmm. and and i and i say that because you know we as a society have kind of accepted disabilities and for the most part have recognized you know if someone for example is in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. we've recognized most of us at least hopefully have recognized (laughs) that oh that doesn't mean we need to you know um tiptoe around them and that doesn't mean we need to talk to them you know like they're a child yeah Yeah. i mean we just we treat them like a normal person Mm -hmm. and i think that the struggle with bipolar and other mental illnesses is it's a hidden disability. Mm-hmm. So I think the best we can do um, as a society is just to kind of recognize terms like that. Well, another term, you brought up how people say the weather is bipolar. People always say, I hear students say this all the time, oh, it's my ADD, oh, my ADD, my ADD. And some people legitimately have ADD. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do. I do. I take medication for it. Um, but I think of people use that term so loosely mm-hmm. and throw that around that 
It kind of loses the meaning Ex- about what it is. Exactly. It minimizes. Mm-hmm. It minimizes the people who have it. And and just like bipolar, just like any disorder, um, just like or disability, there are variations of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it minimizes that as well. So I think it's best we just don't use terms like that. <laughs> you know, we don't take. Or if you just don't know about people around you, I wouldn't this. I wouldn't bring it up. I, there's other ways to like describe the weather and stuff like that. Well, and it's funny because we've we wouldn't do that with a physical disability, no. right? We would not use the term, "Oh, I'm in a wheelchair today." You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even think of an example. No, or, I know what you're trying to. Yeah. yeah, it's like we know that that would not that would be wrong to mm-hmm. do that, but with mental illnesses, you know, we haven't gotten there yet. No. And one thing that I will mention that I didn't even know, but when I was doing my um, my research paper, come to find out that bipolar is one of the most common mental illnesses in the United States. I don't remember the percentage, but it was like it's one of the most common one that you typically will run across. And I was like, I thought it was pretty uncommon, but I guess not because me growing up, the only person that I knew who had it was my mom and me. So I never really ran into anyone else who knew or knew someone dealing with it. So I always thought it was kind of uncommon but apparently it's not which really surprised me that is yeah that's i didn't know that either Mm -mm. one thing that i want to ask is do you believe that people should research these mental illnesses or just illnesses before like making making assumptions about them if they have an idea of someone around them who has you know uh, obviously if someone if there's someone close to you that has and and opens up about it, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's very important to research it. And I, just like any medical condition, my my mom called me on the phone the other day and went to the doctor. She's 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 84 mm-hmm. and, you know, told me, oh, she has lymphatic edema. And I'm like, I have never heard of that before. So first thing I did was look it up just mm-hmm. so I could kind of get an understanding of what it is. Right. And so I could I feel like I could empathize with her and also just talk with her a little mm-hmm. more about, oh, are you doing this? Are you wearing comp- your compression socks? Are you, you know, because yeah. those are things that I read about, um, obviously knowing that ultimately she should follow what her doctor said. So I think it absolutely, it's the same thing with mental illness and maybe even more so because people will tend to lump all mental illnesses together Yeah, when they are very different, you know? Mm-hmm. lumping it all under this uh, umbrella of, you know, you're crazy <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Which, I, mean, I mean, obviously, as you and I know, like, I mean, there's multiple variations and I mean, everybody is different. I mean, just because like, for example, like I have bipolar and my mom has bipolar, but they're not the same bipolar. They're two different variations. My mom, she has type one, which is the most severe, the severe, the, severity type sorry and then i have the bipolar type 2 which is the lesser of the two because even if you have the same one there's different variations which is kind of odd to think about because it's the same mental illness in technical terms but in a way it's also not right and it goes to you know people have it some more severe than others Mm -hmm. some untreated some treated so it, it definitely varies and i think it goes back to the first point that I had mentioned, Madison, and that's compassion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, let's just have compassion for everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you might remember this, but I teach our Piedmont 1101 class, which you were in back yeah. when you were a freshman. And 
for the listeners, it's basically a freshman kind of orientation class. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I talk about in that class is uh, it, it's a little it's a little segment on diversity, but it's it's really about compassion. And so, as most people know who know me, I wear a fedora around campus, and I and I say. Okay, so I'm wearing a fedora, and what if I walk into class with a fedora, and I pointed out a student, and I said, um, Brett, what if you, let's say you make, make a joke about my fedora, and, you know, so he makes a joke, and then what if I told you, you know, maybe not on, I wouldn't tell you on the spot in front of everyone, but after class I might say, hey, Brett, you know, this fedora is really important to me because it's something that my dad gave me, you know, before my dad passed away and and so it reminds me of him mm -hmm. um so i'm not trying to make you feel bad but i would appreciate it you know if you didn't make fun of it and uh and then i asked the question would you make fun of my fedora again and obviously people are like no mm -hmm. why because no one wants to be a jerk right <laughs> i think in general people want to be good people right we want yeah. to show compassion and care about everyone and it's the same kind of thing with mental health. It goes back with compassion. Mm -hmm. You know, knowing that saying terms like, oh, this is bipolar, the weather's bipolar, or, or loosely throwing things out like, oh, my ADD is, is driving me crazy today, or, or, or I can't concentrate because of my ADD, things like that. Knowing that, and when people throw terms out like that very loosely, mm -hmm. knowing that it might be impacting someone else, maybe don't say it just like my fedora <laughs> <laughs> yeah which i mean i have a similar uh experience with some like i mean i know that was like a, ma a made-up story but i have something mm -hmm. uh similar when i was in high i mean back in high school <laughs> again uh it was my um my junior year and i was in i think it was american literature and my teacher uh her name was miss dorsey she was a very sweet sweet teacher and I remember we were sitting there and we were, I think we were, we were reading a poem about from Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. And a lot of his poems were kind of mental illness based, but never specifies. I mean, you kind of draw your own conclusions. It's a, it's a poem. And I remember one day we were reading, I don't remember which one it was. And then someone just blurted out that the person has bipolar. At that time, I was, I hate, I kind of just hated myself. I didn't feel comfortable speaking out because I'm still working on being kind of more open about it, more accepting it. And at the time I was not accepting it and I didn't want to accept it. And so I, I went home to my mom about it and she emailed my teacher. So the next day, uh, the next day happens and we're reading another Edgar Allan Poe uh, poem and they do it again. But this time, cause I mean, Miss Dorsey, she didn't know about it the day before. Cause I didn't say, say anything. And then, you know, she spoke up, which really touched me. She spoke up was saying, hey, we shouldn't do that. And she gave some examples trying to basically teach the, teach the other students, like, hey, you shouldn't do those outbursts when you don't know about the people around you. And that meant the world to me because that's the first time anyone had ever done that to me. Yeah. And then after class, you know, she asked me to stay behind. So at first I'm like, am I in trouble? Because when a teacher asks you to stay behind, like, oh, what I do? Right. And uh, but she, she was just reaching out to me and apologized that she didn't realize and that, you know, that she would do better to help the other students understand to not do that. Which she, during high school, I mean, she was new my junior year. She meant a lot to me. She actually encouraged me to join or write a poem for the Young Georgia Authors competition, and which I never did. I never expect to win anything. <laughs> I've never won anything. And I wrote a poem and I won for the 11th grade of Hall County. So I was like, okay, well, maybe Congrats. I should try. Thank you. <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite accomplishments because, I mean, it was about 
I wrote it and it was kind of like just like how I escape using gaming into like a world kind of like using your imagination to escape like the burdens of life so that's kind of how I, I what I wrote about and ended up winning I'm like okay cool and so if it wasn't for her I probably would have never done that and so she means a lot to me and uh especially since she was the first one to step up but I mean that's a similar situation because after that no one ever spoke up again right and and yeah in the class I presented it in the context of I remember now and mm-hmm. if you know I know it's something a lot of teenage boys especially will say oh that's gay Oh, right. Yeah. I don't. You remember it now when yeah. I was talking about that. That, and I've heard a lot of other boys say yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's just it's not about being politically correct. It's about not being a jerk. Right. Yeah. I know. Honestly, I I mean I don't know if it's just because I'm a girl or whatever, but I never understood right. saying that. I'm like, I mean, I mean, I would much rather say, oh, that's dumb or something instead yeah. of that. I mean, I never understood. I don't know. I must just be a girl. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I will tell you, you know, that goes back to that's nothing new. Like I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s and mm-hmm. people said that and I may have said that. I don't know. But knowledge is power. Right. And knowing and everyone, everyone knows someone who is LGBTQ. Right. Who, mm-hmm. who represents as that. And yes. so saying something, equating that word with dumb is hurtful and just mm-hmm. plain mean. And so no one is saying, hey, we need you to be politically correct. It's saying, just don't be a jerk, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're going to say something, like, there's other words you can use other than that. Exactly. Because, I mean, everyone knows that saying is typically, oh, that's dumb. Oh, that's that's stupid. But instead of using those two words, which in a way it would be a little better, if they use the word gay and it's like, I mean, I wouldn't do that. I mean, right. I mean, especially with like nowadays it's becoming more accepted and stuff. But I know like because back like middle school, high school wasn't as accepted. So that's mm-hmm. when I, I mainly heard it a lot in uh, middle school, I think, because not so much high school. But yeah, I feel like there's other wordings that would be much better than using that term. Madison, it all comes down to compassion. Yes, it it's does. It's compassion. And every human being, except maybe those who have severe narcissism, Every human being has the ability and is compassionate to someone. Mm-hmm. And it's just about being compassionate to everyone. Yes. Thank you for being on my being on this episode. That was a lot of good advice. Of course. Great discussion, Madison. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thank you. And if you would like to follow my Instagram, it is social underscore mentality zero one, as well as I post a blog every Friday. And you can go check that out at powersmadison.wixsite.com slash social-mentality slash blog. And stay tuned for next Monday episode.